Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. This week's episode is supported by We Are One Composites, Freewheel.co.uk and Saracen. We Are One have got carbon wheels dialed. They're designed and made in Kamloops in Canada and after three years of riding them, I can 100% confirm that both the design and the making is spot on. We Are One's engineers have optimised the design and made something that hits a sweet spot of strength and weight with an amazing ride feel that balances stiffness and compliance into something which is direct and holds its line but won't ping you off every root and rock that you come into contact with. The wheels look great, but it's when you look at the inside of the rim that you can really see the high level of love and attention that's gone into making them. The finish is unreal. That combo of quality and awesome engineering is why We Are One wheels are in massive demand. That demand means that their wheel building is totally slammed, so we can't offer a discount on complete wheels this month. But We Are One really wanted to support our listeners, so they're offering you 15% off if you're buying their rim-only products until the end of April. So head to weareonecomposites.com now and use the code WESUPPLY2021. That's WESUPPLY, all one word, all lowercase, followed by the number 2021 over at weareonecomposites.com now. Freewheel.co.uk is a new cycling website that enables you to shop for a ton of your favourite cycling brands online, but with all sales supported by your chosen local bike shop, meaning that small businesses get a percentage kickback from every sale. In an age where huge online retailers dominate the market, Freewheel's here to support over 400 local bike shops that make up the Freewheel Union, because, let's face it, our local bike shops are important parts of our riding communities and are well worth supporting. So you get the convenience of ordering online, but you still get to support your local bike shop. Head to freewheel.co.uk now and sign up to their mailing list to get a generous 15% off your first order. This is a UK only thing, I'm afraid, so apologies to my listeners elsewhere in the world. All the links you need for this are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. While you're there, our spring-summer 2021 range of merch is available and you can find that at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. As always, it's top quality, organic, made in a factory using renewable energy and delivered with no single-use plastics. There's two new designs and also our first ever recycled t-shirts, so head over now and check them out. All the proceeds help to support the podcast and improve the show. Please make sure you're following the podcast on whatever platform you listen. There's probably a button there that says follow or subscribe, so hit that now. It's free and it means you'll get every episode as soon as it drops. If you can't find the button, then you can head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe, where I've got links to all the major platforms to help you out. It'd also be great if you can give me a follow on Instagram and Facebook where I'm at Downtime Podcast. It's the best place to keep up to date with what's going on and it's always great to chat with you in the comments and the messages there. All right, this week's episode is also supported by Saracen and I'm joined by their brand manager, Andy Ayres, and the Madison Saracen race team manager, Will Longdon, to chat all things Saracen. We find out a bit about the history of the brand and how Madison came to acquire the name. Andy tells us about how downhill racing quickly became a big part of the brand and Will takes us behind the scenes of their successes and future plans. From Manon taking the overall and world champs in the same season, through Danny's incredible win in Snowshoe, to Matt Walker taking the overall in 2020. It's been an impressive journey and they aren't stopping yet. So without further ado, here's Will and Andy. Andy Ayres and Will Longdon, welcome to the Downtime Podcast. Will, we'll start with you. How's things? Uh, great, thank you. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us on. Yeah, good, all good. Looking forward good to stuff. this. Excellent. What about you, Andy? Yeah, all good. Thank you very much. Excellent. So we're going we're gonna to chat a little bit about Saracen, kind of past, present and future, I guess. But let's start off with a, a little bit of history and maybe get some memories from you guys about Saracen back in the early days because it's a brand that's been about since pretty much the, the the dawn of mountain biking i guess certainly in the uk side of things andy we'll start with you what what kind of memories do you have of saracen back in those early days well it's, it's an interesting one for me because um to be honest it's not a huge amount from my side i'm i kind of came into most of the the industry i suppose and, and cycling around Kind of the very early um, 2000s so it, for me it was actually things like the mad trolls team and so on that i remember saracen as um i do remember like one of my friends uh dad had a really nice killy flyer that he'd sort of cherished for many years and um my uh my friend at the time managed to uh to drive over it with a tractor which probably didn't <laughs> uh didn't help much in the uh 
um, in the sort of father-son relationship in, in that household. But uh, yeah, so so from that side of things, not a huge amount. So obviously I, you know, I've been with Madison for a long time, but um, my my kind of early days of Saracen really are, are quite limited, if I'm completely honest. So. Okay, fair play. What about you, Will? You're uh, you're a bit more my age. I'm sure you remember some of the earlier stuff. Yeah, I've got. I mean, I think my my very first memories of Saracen are before I even started doing any mountain biking. So I was, I don't know how old I would have been, but I was sort of doing a BMX and cyclocross, and and the mountain bikes started coming over with uh, like Saracen. We'd got in the UK, Muddy Fox was coming over, and. I just started to notice them. And I remember my uncle got a, a Saracen Tough Tracks for just for commuting about on. I remember seeing it thinking, oh, that would be so cool for going off-road on. Because at the time, I was, I'd was i go everywhere and anywhere on my cyclocross bike, and it used to get such a hiding. So I remember eventually me and my dad just uh, yeah, took the plunge and got and got mountain bikes and got involved in some local races. But, yeah, so that was, that was I think that was probably the first Saracen I ever saw. And then sort of racing memories um, probably goes back to when like, Rob Warner was – first on a Saracen and there was another young trials rider called Will Cogger I think it was and they used to do he used to do the Nember races and things like that like a northern uh, race series and do try do a lot of trial stuff that he was really good at and obviously Rob was doing his thing and yeah so that was that was sort of my first introduction to Saracen and uh, yeah obviously beyond that it went on to the the team that they had with uh, with all the sponsorship and the, and the World Cup racing with Steve and Rob and, uh, and all the others together. Yeah, I get, uh, not a lot of people remember that Steve Pete and Rob Warner were on that that team together back in the day, and they uh, they even managed to secure a beer sponsor as well, which I'm guessing was that's a potential high risk thing with uh, with Rob and Steve back then, eh? Yeah, I mean it, it was a it was a real big group of riders, you know, big personalities. Not just Steve and Rob, there were there was quite a few of those guys on there. There was Andrew Titley as well, and you know, a really oh, yeah. a really really cool group of riders, and. Um, yeah, it was a brave man to to get all those people together to run a team. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be part of that. But the uh, the team manager came or had some sort of Formula One background and some connections, and he brought in yeah he brought in Coors Beer, uh, Esquire magazine. Um, there was some sort of affiliation or association with MTV as well at the time, which was which was quite big back then. Sort of pre sort of social media days, it was quite big. So. Yeah, and they were also involved with the World Cup. So yeah, it, it was a it was a really big thing for a, for a lot of UK riders to be on a team like that, and it it, it launched them into into World Cup racing. A, really, a year before I got fully involved in World Cup racing, I, I felt a little bit left behind at that time, which it did g me on to you know to, to have a. I actually had a really good year that year, and I think I could definitely say Steve and Rob were distracted that year, being on a team together and and all the things that they've got going on. So it was a, it was a good opportunity for me really that year. Um, to yeah, to get stuck in and, and get a ride of Rocky Mountain as, at the time it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. And I, uh, my first ever, I guess, proper mountain bike was a Saracen actually. So I had a, a Rally Mustang initially, which I don't think you could really say was a proper mountain bike. Um, but then, yeah, I got myself a, a 1992, I think it was, Saracen Sahara Elite when I was about 13, which I absolutely loved. And it was kind of end of the season. So I think they'd run out of the correct kit to build it up with. So they, it had some higher spec bits on, but it was still the price of the kind of lower spec bike. So, yeah, yeah that was... Uh, such good bikes. They're really popular. And I think, you know, even when you look now back, uh, like when people are looking at retro bikes, people as, well, should we say as old as us, <laughs> it's a popular bike to do because, they're, you know, they were great bikes and like really good memories from mountain biking getting going in the UK, really. You know, it's all part yeah. All part of that, yeah. Yeah, I had a bit of a dig around this week actually to see if I could get hold of a Saracen Zahara Elite, but uh, they're they're a bit like gold dust. So if anyone if anyone's got one in a fairly small size, get in touch. I'd be keen to keen to build one up. <laughs> <laughs> so Andy, at what at what point did Madison get involved with the brand? Because I think you were kind of involved from the pretty early days of that, yeah. Yeah. So um, so Madison actually bought the brand back in 2009 um we uh, as a company had obviously had um pretty good success with uh distributing common sale um in the uk and obviously in you know within the mountain bike sector and um obviously we already owned ridgeback and genesis uh, as our own brand products obviously in different categories um and i think the you know the, the main um main desire was to obviously recreate that and, and do the same 
uh, within the mountain bike side of things. Um, I know uh, Dominic, our, our CEO, had certainly been looking around at different ideas and um, obviously the, the idea between buying a brand or creating a new brand, et cetera, and obviously both came with their, their, their different challenges. So um, Saracen was, uh, was, was deemed the best idea at the time. And, um, and yeah, that, that's where we've been and, and cracked on since. So. It was literally just the name that Madison brought, yeah? and they didn't bring across any of the team, uh, any of the kind of existing infrastructure of the brand. No, so literally the, the only thing that we bought as a business was obviously like the intellectual property. So essentially, the the brand name and all of the rights uh, to any of the the previous uh, model names, etc. So, um, as a business, essentially, we wanted a, a completely uh, clean start, a blank sheet of paper, um, but just obviously with the information that we could um, move forward with. Um, there was all sorts of obviously different things uh, in the marketplace at that time. Um, I know that uh, Halford certainly had a license agreement, for example, with the old uh, Saracen to uh, produce a, a considerable number of bikes. And um, that was one of the first things that obviously Dom had had cancelled that contract. So it really was just a, a complete starter, a starter fresh. Um, and I think the thing is, we going back to kind of the the other own brands that we already do or did at the time, um, we'd created so Genesis, uh, the gravel brand, so that or the adventure brand, I should say, has um, had actually come out of uh, sort of a sub brand within Ridgeback originally, um, and obviously over the last um, 12, 15 years, we'd obviously created Genesis and built that up from scratch. So as a um as a a way of doing it it's obviously quite complicated and, and actually probably as time consuming is expensive as starting um starting fresh and also trying to let's say recreate a brand um so that that's kind of where we we got to um and really the the aspiration obviously was to to make saracen uh great and and back to what most people obviously remember Saracen as certainly in the early at the start in the early nineties. So, yeah, and downhill racing became a part of that pretty quickly, and I think with a focus on sort of the grassroots side and developing younger riders, that's that's where you came in, isn't it, Andy? You led that program. Yeah, so I'd been um, I was sort of lucky enough to be involved with Saracen pretty much from from day one. So. Um, I'd, I'd been with say with Madison for for a long time previous, and um, when uh, when Saracen was brought in, Dominic had also brought in a, a new brand manager uh, called Simon Wild, and he was tasked to essentially create um, and build a, an entire new range of product. Um, we had a, a new graphic designer, and we had an engineer based in Taiwan at the same time. Um, basically the the recreation and, and what we wanted for the brand was as we said basically complete mountain bike range um and downhill had always been um i, I think on on dominic's radar since um the, the huge input that madison had with the the animal common sow team um with obviously the Athertons on so i think that uh that that certainly sparked the the interest and also the um the desire to to be able to do something but do something that was that was ours for a change which is obviously uh, a little bit different to um to running something as much as we were the distributor but you know not directly affecting us uh worldwide so from my side i i was lucky enough that i just started working um as the saracen brand manager at the time so i joined simon um, and that that made a, a team of four people for Saracen, so it's still still a very small team. Um, and I, my, my previous, I suppose, hobby and, and experience really was from um, from grassroots racing. So I'd been lucky enough to um, spend many years in in youth and junior racing. Um, and at the, I think two thousand and two thousand. Five, um, 
I managed to uh, to completely blow my knee to pieces at uh, at Kunkan, so um, that kind of stopped any of my racing side. So I I was really looking and, and at the time had kept involved with the racing, um, and I'd started to manage a, a separate team at the time. Um, and obviously the kind of I guess the two combined really. So we were um, we were lucky enough to be in the position that we had got. Um, Simon and, and Ryan Carroll, our engineer, had had already developed the mist um, or the, the the first platform of it. So we had those bikes um, landing in 2000 and or late 2010. Um, and when we were discussing kind of what we wanted to do and, and the business's aspiration for for Saracen, um, as I say, everything kind of joined together, and um, we we kind of managed to take it, I guess, to the next level. So it wasn't just a, um, it was a development team, but it was a development team within the UK uh, with a couple of riders obviously being supported to go to the World Cups or selected World Cups. Um, and and really, yeah, we, we kind of went to the first national after um, after kind of, I suppose, getting into it a little bit late for, for setting up a completely new team. But uh, we, we arrived at the first race. We'd got the big race truck. Um, I think probably turned up as the, you know, either the top or certainly the second most professional team um, within the UK national at that time. Um, and it really was, I think, probably one of the first teams to have a um, a rider in almost every category as well. So we started, I think, with six, six riders in total. So. Yeah, who did you have on that team in the first year? Um, so yeah, the the first I, I guess probably most commonly known is um, obviously was Manon Carpenter. So um, obviously I'd known uh, of Manon, and I knew Manon's dad for for a little while before um, before sort of reaching out to talk to her about the, the Saracen team, um, mainly from racing. Obviously the the Dragon downhill series like I think probably a lot of us have done over the years um yeah and also kind of uncannily we we were I think at the the national the previous year at Fort William and um I just got chatting to Jason kind of randomly in uh in one of the gondola trips up to the top um actually just as man almost doing her race run down as a as a first year junior so um kind of it kind of just moved on from there so obviously Manon joined us as a, a second year junior um and uh yeah she she enjoyed i think most of the most of the season and um probably got our obviously the the, the biggest highlight of the year where we were out in in Champery, uh in those absolute horrible conditions as most people have uh, probably remember and have seen certainly from other winning runs and uh she she won the junior world champion uh title think by i think it was around 12 seconds if i remember so wow. absolutely absolutely smashed it which was awesome um then we had uh harry malloy so harry had joined with elite uh, into elite he was also doing the the world cup series um he had had a couple of really great results uh the previous year certainly in the uk nationals um and harry had always had a really nice kind of uh professionalism I guess and you know always like to help out with the team and he he certainly helped Manon I think through that that first season of racing um kind of supported but also slightly privateer when you know when they were out um at the World Cups uh we had Jack Gagan um Jack had just moved up from winning the expert category in 2010 uh, so he was also in elite um, at the time. He also had a secondary role kind of within Madison. So he was working within our marketing team. Um, okay. He he also was a huge help to me for that first season because obviously it enabled me to have somebody, you know, within the business to be able to come and help set up and, and do all the other bits and pieces that um, I'm, I'm sure Will needs about 15 people to, to help with the size of truck that he's got right now. Um, but certainly for that first year, you know, he, he really, um, really helped me. He also then kind of continued on and he's now, um, he, he moved into being the Saracen brand manager about eight years ago um, and is continuing to that. that. That's his role at the moment. So he's uh, he's working very closely with me still um, now for, for Saracen. Um, then we had uh, a couple of junior riders. So we had um, uh, a lad called Josh Lowe, 
so he was a local um, local lad to the south. He had, I think, if I remember, he was top. I think he was fourth or fifth of uh, the national series the first year, um, and also Phil Atwell. Um, which I'm sure you know again most of the listeners will know now so um, Phil again super local to actually where we are based in Milton Keynes and um, I'd known Phil for for a number of years from from racing kind of locally at Aston Hill and um, and also a few of the the local um, local other races and Phil obviously joined as a as I say as a first year um, junior at the time Uh, he actually went on to win that series um, Win, win the series for the first year of the MPS uh, in 2011 as a junior rider. Um, and then we also had uh, a youth rider called Will Weston. So Will again had come from winning, I think, the junior, uh, the juvenile, sorry, category in 2010. Um, and then he was obviously racing his first year as a youth rider for, for Saracen. So that was, that was the team. So that was the six riders. Um, and in terms of, let's say, the, the rest of the team, it was pretty much myself at all of the races. Um, I had some family members who were also helping out where, where possible. Um, and it was it was kind of the, the first start, I guess, into um, to the evolution of Madison Saracen and, and where it went to. Um, as I said, we, we had, had a really awesome race truck at the time, which was um only kind of beaten, I think, kind of later in the season by the the, the massive common sale truck that um, the the Athertons had got, and um, but it, it was really nice to actually have a, a kind of a professional support system for some younger riders, um, and essentially run it as the the corporate team that Madison Saracen was at the time. Um, we also obviously had some great sponsors in the first year, which I couldn't really have asked. You know, for anything better, um, we're lucky enough to, to obviously have a, a warehouse full of some of the best components in the world, like you know, Shimano, Maxis, etc. Um, but most of those guys directly supported the team, uh, even in that first year. And um, and people like you know, uh, Fox UK at the time, they had come on board and helped us with some um, with all the suspension items. And and obviously, a lot of those relationships are still continuing to, to this day, which. You know, I think we're we're all quite proud of, and obviously, it's it's a really nice relationship um, between Saracen, Madison Saracen, and also those team sponsors. Yeah, nice. And Will, you got involved with the team in 2012, I think. How did how did that come about? Yeah, that was round about that time. I'd finished uh, racing full time. It was the MBUK team that had been going for so long, sort of went by the way a little bit. And I was just doing a little bit of forecast racing. I was, I was helping out Oakley as well with a little bit of rider support, but I was, I'd got away from racing a little bit and my heart just wasn't in what I was doing. Um, Kelly Parsons, who's the marketing director at Madison. Um, we'd known each other through, through Oakley when she'd worked there. And, um, she just said, you know, did I fancy doing it? Would I fancy getting involved with it? And I think at the time, um, Andy was having to take a step back and be more involved with what was going on with Saracen and, and, the, and the bike side of it. And um, Tim Flux from RockShox, I'm sure most people will know, was going to get involved um, as the team manager. Unfortunately, he, he wasn't too well at the time. He was having some heart problems and he had to take take a step back and, and get that sorted. So, um, yeah, it was, it was one of those things that, you know, Tim was happy for me to step forward. I was really keen to do it. And uh, yeah, sort of not look back from there, really, which is yeah, it's quite strange looking back. I, it was a couple of really fortunate circumstances for me or unusual circumstances that, that landed me in a, in a dream job, really. Something that, you know, a lot of people when they t- retire from racing um, would jump at the chance to do. So I had done, you know, quite a, quite a bit of managing as well as racing with the MBK side. So I'd got the experience there and I'd also um, managed the GB team a little bit on the downhill side. I wasn't the, like the overall manager, but I had sort of done a lot of support at the World Championships with, with GB riders. But um, yeah, that's that's a whole other podcast. We won't start talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it didn't take long for the success to, to kind of follow, did it? I mean, the first year, obviously, like you say, Manon had won the junior overall, but then it there was a few more pretty big results after that. There was, yeah, and I, I would I would put all of that down. I, I was another lucky thing for me was I would put all of that initial success down to the fact that the foundation had been laid by Andy and Jack and and you know everybody else involved at Saracen and they'd put them in such a fantastic place that I I dropped into that team. I when I I looked back the other day when I knew we were going to have this chat and I actually dropped into the team in February 
I, I can't imagine getting being a team manager and dropping into a team in February and being able to pull those results straight away. I mean, I, I've planned for the season that's about to happen from July last year, you know, so... <laughs> I, I dropped into a team that was ready to go racing, you know, that the truck was loaded, the riders had all their kit, the bikes were ready to go. They'd had all the training from Alan Millway at the time. And, um, you know, I, I, I picked up my suitcase and we went to South Africa and, and Manon got on the podium. And it was, <laughs> it was like, you know, that was, that was a, a huge amount, you know, almost all down to, you know, Manon's hard work and, and what had been put, put around her ready to go racing. So to be able to inherit that and take on that as a team manager was, uh, a hell of a hell of a lucky starting position, really, to to build on to to want what I'd got in my mind, where I wanted to take it, and obviously chats I'd had with Dom and Kelly, uh, you know what what they were looking to do with the team and the direction they wanted to take it. So yeah, it was yeah. a really exciting time for me, and I still, you know, I think I appreciate it every every year it goes on, especially circumstances now. You know, to be able to say yeah, we're going racing again is um, yeah, I, I still get that buzz that I did when I you know when I started racing for sure. Nice. That's good to hear. It must, it must've been cool to be a part of, uh, of Manon's 2014 season as well, where she took the overall and the, and the world champs. Yeah, that, that was a really special year. And it's one of those things when you're, when you're in the moment focusing on it, you, you, you don't allow yourself to pop your head up and look around and, and see what's going on with it. It's only afterwards when you look back and think that, you know, that was something really, really special. She was so talented and she was really driven and committed to what she wanted to do. And, for the, for the time she was able to focus and do that, she was, you know, she was unstoppable that year, 2014. It was just, she was like a robot. She'd get, you know, she'd go through her processes, she'd get on with the race. And, you know, she was a, she was a real thinker, but when, when she focused and, and she was able to put her best together, then incredible rider. Yeah. To, to achieve all of that in one year um, and to hold it together and win the world championships like that. It was a pretty special world champs in uh, Hafjell in Norway. So um, yeah, a, a great track to really, you know, prove yourself as a worthy world champion really there yeah so a really good year that one for the team 2014 I mean be like 2013 as well we had you know Phil Atwell's a rider as well that had been on the team from the beginning and he was a junior and he had his first world cup podium 2013 a year before that so that was that was a real a real big thing as well really you know there's to have a two British rider junior riders young riders brought through on a team like that to uh, to be right up there on the world stage it was um yeah it's it's no small thing really and it's something that my generation takes a little bit for granted. There's always been that, you know, that rivalry between British riders doing well at international level and to be able to kind of carry that on and that UK scene to be able to carry that on to be achieving at international level is, um, it's really cool to be a part of still. Definitely. Yeah. And you, you were there for Matt Simmons best ever world cup results. Well, I think third in Maribel. Yeah, well, that, was, that was all in one day. So, so man on, she'd already shown the, uh, the world cup overall up and, and Matt, we qualified fastest and then just just got beat in the last split by Sam Hill, which is no, you know, <laughs> nothing to be sorry about. You know, it, it was you know tenths of a second as it usually is. But yeah, that was that was the first. I think that was the first thing that that put it in our minds that it'd be not. You know, we'd 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 tick the boxes with the, with the women's race. And Manon had done everything you know that could be achieved, and it was like right. You know, we've got one more box to tick now. Let's see if we can do that in the men's and when. When Matt achieved that, I think that was just the, that, that planted the seed for us, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely got some got some real traction going, and and I guess moving to some of the riders that you've got with you now. I mean, Matt Walker's been with you for a long, long time, and uh, in 2017 he took Junior World Champs title in Cairns, and and that was a that was a pretty big one, wasn't it? Because I think you know that was the year that Finn Isles was really quite dominant, and I think it was fair to say most people expected Finn to take that one. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a funny one. Though. It's quite nice. To, I, if I waffle on, stop me. But, <laughs> but it is true. And it, it's just really, that is the perception that everyone had at the time. And it, it was justified because Finn was a hell of a rider as a junior that year. And, and he still is. But he, was a, he had a hell of a ride that year and he was winning a lot. And of course, he had he had a team behind him that was, that was really pushing him. He had Red Bull behind him that was really pushing him. So he was he was put out there as unbeatable and it was his to, it was his to lose basically. And, but coming back to our side of the story, we knew that we'd been looking after Matt since he was just, he was first year youth and I, I've never taken Matt to a race that he couldn't win, but he, you know, we didn't shout about it too much and, you know, maybe that was the right thing, the wrong thing, but he's always been a good underdog as a young rider. He was always a good underdog and he, 
if you take him to a national championships or anything like that, he'd never lost to a national championships in any year as a youth or a junior and then first year elite. So five years as a national champion unbeaten. So we know that he can deliver on the day. So, we, you know, we'd, we'd worked hard. He'd worked hard. It was what he'd always wanted. And, yeah, we just kept at it and kept at it. And that year in the World Cup, everyone kept saying, oh, Finn was unbeatable, Finn was unbeatable. Matt, Matt beat him in two World Cups. And going into Lenzerheide, they were really close on points. It, you know, we, we felt it could go either way, but the, the media was pushing that Finn was unbeatable, you know. And that was, for us at the time, that was fine. That was fine. We knew where we were. We knew what we wanted to achieve. So, and then Lenzerheide, Matt actually had a, had a, had a head injury, had a concussion in, in practice, and I immediately pulled him from the race. And it was a really tough thing to have to do because at the time he was fighting for the overall, but we... We said, look, you know, this could have a long-term implication. You have to sit this out. We have to let the work, the overall go, and we have to now, you know, look a month or so down the line and say, you know, we've been we've been looking at this world championship for a long time. Let's put let's be on, you know, let's not be on the back foot on the World Cup overall. Let's just go for the world championship. Let's really go for it. So, um, yeah, he'd won the World Cup there the year before at Cairns as well, which nobody seemed to put a tick in that box for that either. He'd, he'd, you know, he'd won the World Cup the year before on the World Champs track. So he had that in his back pocket. You know, he'd got Phil Dixon training him specifically for that race. It's, you know, a real physical bottom half to that track. Um, and he put a lot of work in and he was ready for it. So we went there expecting Matt to win. We went there with the focus on Matt winning that world title. And we'd been working towards that since we put him on the team as a youth rider. So, yeah, at Everyone else's perception was we're going to go to the world champs and watch finals, sew everything up, and we were going there to spoil the party, you know. For, and that was, you know, and we did it, and we weren't surprised, and it wasn't a shock to us. It was just, yeah, we've done it. Well done, Matt. You know, so yeah, it was yeah, a really, really special moment for us, and it's so weird for me, and I, I understand why because I'm in this little bubble, helping all of that happen. But meanwhile, everyone's like, oh, my God, Finals didn't win. And I'm like, what are you on about? Of course he didn't. Matt won. <laughs> you know, we, we had no doubt. You know, we were, we were just focused on helping, helping Matt make that happen. And, uh, yeah, it was a really, really special moment to have a rider from a young age to bring him through to oh, where he is now as well. We'll talk about it in a bit, I'm sure. But, yeah, to get him for that a junior world title was, was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then another box tick for the team as well, really. You know, we'd done it with Manon in the women's and then to do it in the men's category as well. It was just working our way up the ladder, really, as a as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome to hear. But, I mean, you guys, I don't think you've made any kind of, you've not tried to hide it. You were always keen to get that men's elite win. Why, why is an elite men's win so important to brands? I think I think now I wouldn't I wouldn't say as as a gender thing a man's win is more than a women's win or anything like that. But I think for us, as I've said, it was we were, we're working our way up through goals. And one thing that, thing that it is difficult to do is to get on your team a top, you know, a podium rider that is always on the podium. They're not, you know, they're not lined up for sale. There's there's only five spots on that box, and there's more than five teams. There's not enough to go around. So mm-hmm. um, you have to present your team in a way and set up your team in a way that it's attractive to one of those riders and the bike has to be right the kit has to be right the support has to be right so you've got to put all that together and and have a little bit of a history behind it it's like going for it you know it's it's like the cv reversed a little bit you know you're, you're not you're not the rider isn't coming to you begging you're you're showing what you can offer the rider when you get to that level so um yeah we 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 had riders from young, you know, like Manon, she was a young rider and she developed through on the team. So if she stayed within, she could see that benefit of the team. But yeah, it's, it's a different thing to take a top elite rider from one team that they're on, doing well on, and bring them into your team, you know. So we had to prove that we had the heritage there. We had the, you know, the, the expertise there and the, and the bike there that was ready to, to bring on a rider at that level. So that just being in a position to say, we want to go for a top elite man or we want to go for a top elite woman is quite a big thing. It, it, it's, you know, it's a pat on the back for everybody who's involved in that team, really, that you are in a position to, to be putting those offers out there. So, yeah, yeah so I think, yeah, we'd, you know, we'd, as I say, we'd done it with Manon. We'd done it in the junior level. And the, the only box we hadn't ticked was, was the elite men's win. So that was, that was why that was important to us at that time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it was an exciting thing then to get Danny signed onto the team in. Was yeah, it-, it definitely was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we it, we've predominantly been you know supporting British riders, and Danny was a British rider that was available. 
you know, we'd, I'd known Danny for a long time and it was just the right, the right man at the right time and, and, and it all worked out well. So it was good. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk a bit about that snowshoe win then. So that was the first men's elite win for the Madison Saracen team. Final round of the 2019 season. And it was a, it had been, it had been a hell of a season uh, with that intense overall battle between Loic and Amory. And then Danny kind of slid it in there in that last round. How, how was that for you guys and, and for the brand? Oh, I mean, yeah, for, for, for any brand at, at, to be involved in something at that level, it's incredible, isn't it? It's fantastic. But for, for mountain biking and for, da- for, for the Downhill World Cup, that was such an amazing day. To, for the season to end like that, it doesn't. You know, I've been involved in World Cup racing since about 1995, so I've not seen many ends to a season like that one. It was, and to be, for Danny to be in the middle deciding the fate of that overall just really added to the drama. You know, last man down deciding the whole thing. It was just a really, really good feeling for everyone, you know. And uh, yeah, it, he was he was just down on splits, just down on splits. But I just I was watching him ride, and you just get that feeling. I think everyone that's seen Danny ride a lot, they can see they can see something special happening, can't they? You know. And it's um, yeah, it was really, really yeah, it was really special for everyone. It was the end of the season, the last race of the year, all that going on around it. So just to be able to you know to achieve for everyone involved to be able to achieve what we did that day and what Danny did that day I think was just a really nice thing for the team for sure yeah yeah and I guess at that point you've ticked quite a lot of the boxes um apart from I guess world champs uh in the men's elite so let's let's talk a bit about 2020 like coming off the back of that 2019 season what what your expectations going into 2020 for the team well initially you know I think Part of bringing Danny on wasn't about. I mean, we know you know everyone knows Danny can win a World Cup. It was about it was about a World Cup overall as well. You know, it was okay. about trying to. And, and Matt wasn't you know at that time when we brought Danny on. Matt Matt was it on a, on a journey towards being one of the top riders. We felt, but he wasn't quite there. And to and to bring someone in who could you know help bring Matt along and you know just just from being on a team with someone like Danny, you know, just bring him along, see how, see how Danny operated, you know, see what he could learn. Um, yeah, so it was it was all part of a little journey towards looking at you know getting a World Cup overall in the men's. That's the that's the ultimate goal, I think, for a for an international team like that. So yeah, it, I think going into twenty twenty, expectations for everyone <laughs> changed dramatically from you know wanting to achieve a World Cup overall to um, yeah wanting to go racing just once, maybe if we were lucky. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but I think we'd. You know, we were ready for it. We trained for it. And when it actually came around, Matt, quietly, we went into that. And the work we'd done going into it, we had a, myself and Phil Dixon, who, who coaches the team, and, and Matt. Um, we, we, we were nodding to each other. We could see something in Matt that had changed. He'd really taken that pre-season time, that, you know, that extra pre-season time that you've probably heard him talk about in interviews before now. But we'd said to him, look, you've got the equivalent of three off seasons here to, to really step yourself up fitness wise. You know, he's, he's always had the talent fitness wise is that extra bit that you need at the, at the very top of the elite level and that, that extra, you know, focus. But we just saw something a little bit different and we felt like, you know, maybe initially we we're saying, no, I think he can get an elite podium this year. I think he can get on the podium again. I think he's going to be right there. You know, the, you know, on a good day, I reckon he could get a podium at world championships. And then, watching him ride straight away when we got to those first few races it was like yeah I, yeah this is this has really got legs this is going to go somewhere so yeah it was we were quietly confident that he was capable of something special but you know what what he did finally achieve was just incredible yeah yeah what was it like kind of watching that unfold from your perspective at, at what point did you start to think oh hang on a minute this this could be on for the overall um i think only only Sunday morning when I was sewing the leader's jersey up to make it a little bit tighter. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, he, was, he was doing so well at, at just taking every race as an individual race as an, an, an opportunity to win it and nothing to lose. Whereas I think looking on, most people would think, oh, he's just got to oh, just forget, you know, and you'd, you'd think you'd go the other way. You'd be overcautious and think you wanted to look after that. It was every race. Let's go and try and win it, and the overall will look after itself, kind of thing. And it wasn't until we got to that last race, and I, 
you know, I sit and watch it now sometimes, watching coming down that race run. It was such a mature run for for a rider in that position, a young rider like that in that position, um, with riders like Loic and, and Greg around him riding so well to come down with that that sort of confidence in changing conditions. It was a little bit slippy up there, you know, just to come down and throw that run together was yeah, that was uh, that was incredible. But throughout the because it was a, a short season of four races, it was like every race he went to, he just approached it exactly the same way. Even that last run, if he had the different nerves, he didn't externally show it. He really just held his nerve, kept his cool, and just kept putting the runs out there. And uh, yeah, it was it was really good. I didn't I didn't dare think about the overall, as I say, until sort of I was like, well, it's there, and it's also easily gone in a second, you know. So let's just let's just go race at a time. But yeah, we were. Um, I take a sewing machine along with me in case in case we need to make any uh, little changes and get serious at any point. And uh, yeah, that leader's jersey was way too baggy, so I was sewing it up with about <laughs> thirty minutes before he went up the hill, smiling to myself, thinking, "Yeah, there's uh, there's worse jobs. There's worse jobs." Good effort. Yeah, just watching him ride, like you could see the the confidence he had in his bike and setup. Like he was really like quite ag- aggressive, I guess. Like he was, you could see how hard he was pushing. And just confident that the bike was going to support him in everything. It was, it was yeah. quite impressive to watch. That's true, and I've, I've waffled on quite a lot about the racing, but all of this has only really happened because of all that support in the background and all that bike development in the background. Really, I mean, Matt was Matt was, as I say, from a youth rider all the way through. He's the first the first rider on the team to try the twenty nine er, and he's been part of that development of that bike all the way through. So, it, it there was a point where. We made changes for it to suit Danny a little bit more than him and things like that. And But it, it always had to be a production bike. We always wanted it to – the bike the guys were riding, we wanted the people watching to know that that's the bike they could go and buy because that's that's what it was all about, you know, being able to achieve it on a bike that, that we designed for people to buy. So all that was going on in the background. We were going away racing, having a great time, but Andy and Jack and, and Simon and everybody in the background working on the bike and – you know, and, and Ryan back, uh, the designer, all just just make as we were improving the team bit by bit. We were asking and asking, asking a lot of you know those guys to to give us what we needed to to be at the top. You know, and uh, they just kept delivering really. So yeah, nice. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the bikes, Andy. It feels like the kind of the silhouette of the bikes has remained, I guess, fairly similar over the years, and you've you've taken more of like an iteration approach to improving the platforms rather than completely rehashing them every every year is that is that a fair comment and do you think that's helped you get to where you are now um yeah i, I think that's pretty fair to say to be honest i mean we've i i think from let's say from from day one the very first iteration of the mist to kind of where we are there's been absolutely huge change um but all of that really has only been based on on the feedback from from the team or the, the need from the team, you know, with, with things like wheel size changes and, and so on, with which you know everybody has to jump on board when there's such a um, such a change to the normal dynamic of racing. Um, and also, I think from from our perspective, kind of that that constant need to just push for, I suppose, a perfect product or a you know, product that everybody um, everybody is as happy as can be with. Um, I think, you know, we, we've been really lucky that over the time we've had some um, some really great riders in many different forms as well that push the bikes in, you know, in, in different ways, let's say. So, you know, from from Harry, having from, you know, say from the start, we had, say, Harry, uh, Harry on a, a, a large bike at the time, um, which probably nowadays would be classed as a, a medium to, to most people, I guess. Um, you know, and that was from from sort of day one. But at the same time, we were still also trying to produce a bike small enough that uh, Josh and Will, for example, could um, could race on uh, all the way through to, to different riders like Sam Dale. You know, he, he was a, a big lad. He was always uh, renowned for being very hard on bikes. Um, and he, he certainly put the bikes through their, their paces in the time. And, and as Will was saying, you know, the development through uh, through each and every rider and for Danny and everybody's sort of specifics of what they want, um, I think has kind of been quite a, uh, 
has, I guess, really helped us for, for all of it. Um, we, we were quite lucky, I think, that the very, very first iteration of the bike, the, the suspension kinematics and the tune of what we wanted um, and, and we got from our, our engineer, Ryan. Um, so Ryan's based out in, in Taiwan. So Ryan Carroll, he's, he's been with us from day one. Um, he is kind of the mastermind behind what you see and all of the uh, almost every single bike that comes from, from us as a brand. Um, and I think, you know, the Mist has seen so many refinements through the last, you know, 10 years of racing that uh, almost every single part of that, those refinements have, have then made production, as Will was saying, you know, we're, we're here, here to make bikes for the team, but we're also here to sell um, sell bikes to the public. And, you know, the, the bikes that the guys are racing on are the same bikes that we um, we produce, sometimes maybe, you know, 12 months later, but as part of the team and the development, you know, it's a really great uh, testing ground. Let's say I don't think you could get a better testing ground for um, for certainly this particular platform. And obviously, what uh, what the guys want in general is is very similar to um, to the overall kind of customer base. I think for for Saracen and certainly for like say for a, for a missed bike, um, most people are buying them to you know even if it's just to go racing locally um and so the the evolution and the changes that we can make to to aid the madison saracen team certainly help um help the end consumer to to get on a comfortable bike and have a bike that's fairly easy to set up and, and basically just just go ride rather than um i think there are certain certain other brands and certain other bikes that you can get and it you know takes you six weeks to set the suspension up because it's so uh it's maybe so far out there that it does do certain things for a world cup racer but potentially isn't necessarily the um the, the comfiest or, or easiest bike to ride i think it's probably fair to say yeah what about the uh the other bikes in the range so like you've got the aerial range of products do the team have much involvement in the development of those uh yeah again uh, a huge part um i think uh you know very much kind of like the last question really the team over the years have always had um always had and been part of kind of the prototype stage so um for example uh matt walker's had i think three different iterations of the the newly released aerial 60 um and he, he's been riding those since kind of right at the start of 2019 i want to say um so matt matt really did have probably one of the biggest influences actually to to the um the, the current iteration of that bike um that we've pretty much ever had so you know he, he'd been involved from, from pretty much day one um we'd always had a really great relationship as will mentioned earlier you know with will and also the team riders you know we we're all quite um I suppose personally close you know everybody I'm, I'm quite happy to to pick up the phone and speak to Matt or to um yeah any of the other riders and if, if anybody's got any uh issues or questions or thoughts etc then again we're, we're here and the small team that is Saracen um we can kind of try and make the changes or try and improve the product as as best we can um so going back to Matt I guess Matt's had as I said he's had three different versions of it um we've changed some of the geometry we've changed the tubing um to to make the bike ride slightly differently we've changed things like chainstay lengths after you know testing um testing an area maybe that we all thought it should have gone and, and matt's thought was slightly different um you know matt's also been able to run uh the mullet setup since 2000 and sort of midway through 2019 and i think that also really helped because it meant that he had a um a trail bike that rode almost identically to how his downhill bike would so the the difference and and the feel uh was as minimum as possible um which i think has you know has always been certainly has helped um and in terms of the rest of the bikes you know we we the, the guys have got a huge array of, of different bikes for us um we've always tried to be uh sensible with the the product that we produce uh, and sell and also ensuring that 
you know, as much of the feedback that we get from everybody produces the best overall product for our customers and also the team. Yeah, I guess it's a balance, isn't it, between what a kind of high-end racer wants or needs and, and what normal riders like us need. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we you know, we're we're quite lucky in that, you know, the the team, as I said, is is very small. So, you know, I, I can still just about wobble down a, a hill on on most bikes. And I I've certainly got um uh, an understanding and appreciation for kind of a setup side of things. So I was very lucky that um when I first started it, you know, uh, within Madison, I actually was a suspension um technician. So I learned an awful lot at the start and that definitely kind of has made me appreciate changes and and being able to appreciate the changes a little bit easier. Um, As I said, you know, Jack's uh, Jack Gagan, the the brand manager, you know, he's been part of the team since day one, Um, ex world cup rider. um, He he can certainly again, put a, uh, put his leg over a bike and we quite often do, uh, a lot of testing quite close to us where we're kind of lucky we can kind of jump between bikes and um and really just get an overall kind of feel of where what we believe a bike should do um and then obviously having the team on on the other hand uh, the other i should uh, yeah other hand of that that we can essentially get their input um again a, a trail bike i guess we're lucky in that a trail bike isn't um for Matt, it's not necessarily his overall focus. You know, the mist is the mist is the bike that he obviously wants everything from. Um, but we can have a really good open conversation about improvements and and basically being able to test anything and everything that we want to um, with with both our side and also the team's input. So, yeah, how important do you think the the race results are these days in how customers perceive bikes and whether they decide to buy them or not? Because there's the the old saying, I guess, race Sunday, sell Monday. Do you, do you think that's still the case? Is that an important part of things? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I think from my side, probably a bit yes and no. Uh, I think it's. Um, I think probably the easy way out of the question. It depends on the customer. So you know, a Saracen or do all Saracen customers watch downhill racing of a weekend? Probably not every customer, no, but I would say that almost every single Saracen customer will have heard of the Madison Saracen team um, at some point or another, certainly on social media or um, on all of the you know normal platforms that are out there, news platforms, et cetera. Um, so I think, it's, uh, I think it definitely helps. I think... Also, from certainly from my side, you know, we're we're all a very small team, really. Um, and I think to be able to achieve what we have done with the, um, to say, with, with the small team, with Will and all of the racers against, you know, the largest brands in the world um, and also come out on top in almost every category now um, has really... I think really kind of pushes us and, and makes us strive to to kind of want to get all of those boxes ticked and to to give Matt and all of the team everything they can uh, to enable them to go racing and to to get better results. So I guess from my side, I think it it does. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and some big changes to the team for twenty twenty one. Will tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about that because you've got a, a pretty different rider lineup this year. Uh, yeah, obviously we've got a few changes. We've got, I think, I think the one of the big things that um, we wanted to do, and it goes back to what the team was originally about, was having that 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 a real rounded team, a spread of a spread of riders. So, like Andy talked about the original team, and they had Manon in the junior women. You had. Um, you know Phil Atwill as a junior. We've got Harry Malloy as an elite rider. So there was there was a spread of riders across the categories, and they were all doing really well. And that's something that now you know another box for for me to tick a little, a little bit. I think is that let's have a fully rounded team that is all capable on the day of, of being right up there. And that's you know that that again isn't isn't easy at, at World Cup level to get that sort of team together. So um, Matt's obviously now in a position to be right up there when he's at his best. Um, we're really lucky to have Veronica Widman on the team now as well, riding in elite women. She's you know a rider that's come on 
year on year. And and uh, also she's she was managed by Harry Malloy on the team that she was on previously. Uh, you know, one of our one of our riders from the original team. So um, we've got Harry back with us as well. So um, yeah, just just a, a rounded team. Uh, we've got Jordan Williams as well, a junior rider. So we've got a, a rider in juniors, a rider in men and women's elite elite categories. We've got you know a, a little bit of extra help, and and Harry Malloy as well. We're doing races, uh, you know, events like uh, Red Bull Hardline and things like that. So just trying to have a rounded team that's capable of turning up at these events and these races, and and uh, yeah, getting getting right up there with the best. So I think. For me, the next box to tick, if you like, is how about we we have one of our we go to a World Cup and every one of the riders is on the podium that weekend. You know that that'd be nice. That's something that we could achieve, I think. And if I start there and 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 we see where it goes, then I think I think we'll have a great year. You know, but um, yeah, just a really well-rounded team, um, and uh, yeah, see where we go with it. Now, really, we've got a like a an open book to see see where this this team takes us a little bit. Now, I think we've. We've achieved quite a lot in the last few years, and now we want to see. Uh, yeah, let's see what the next chapter holds for us. Should be exciting. Yeah, do you think there's more pressure on Matt coming into twenty one after that sort of twenty twenty overall performance? How how do you feel about that, or how does Matt feel about that? I think Matt's re- always ready for a challenge. I know he's. I know he's worked really hard this winter. I know he's ready, and we all know he's capable. He's got everything he needs to to go at it again, and uh, it's racing. It's you know it's exciting. It's there. It's there to go at, and we're all we're all really excited about going for it. Um, he's he's ready, willing, and able. Shall we say he's ready to get stuck in? So yeah, it's going to be an exciting season, and it's a it's a slightly bigger team, a bit more of a family feel to it, I guess. When you've got all different age groups and and uh, you know things going on there, so a few new mechanics coming in and a little bit different support team. So yeah, it's going to be a it's for me, and you've been racing a long time, and you have these changes. You get, I get a real boost from like Jordan Williams comes into the team, and everything's new for him. Everything's so exciting for him. He goes to a World Cup, and his eyes are wide open, and everything he sees is brand new. And I, I feed off of that. You know, I really get a buzz from it. Makes it makes it all fresh for me as well. So to go there knowing that this is his first World Cup, and he what you know the the expectation he's got on himself is enough. I don't need to put any expectation on him. I just need to go there and almost hold the reins back a little bit you know not <laughs> not letting go full bore into his first practice run but yeah I'm just I'm just excited with a like a, a real fresh feel to the team a real excited feel to the team ready to get get into these races so yeah fingers crossed we'll go racing in June the first World Cup in Gang, and uh, yeah it's going to be an exciting year I'm sure. Excellent why do you think it is that you guys have been so successful in bringing young riders through like are you picking the right people? Is it about how you work with them? How, how do you think that's going so well? I, I think it's just, a, I think it's probably a combination of all those things you've said, you know, I think, um, I think I've got the racing experience to spot. I do see like, I, I can see a rider and if I, I can see that something in them, I can see that something in them. And if I chat to them, I get a feeling for a personality. And um, with Matt, it was just, he was a little bit like me. He just wanted to go racing his bike and it didn't need to be any more complicated than that. And when it's as simple as he just wants to go and try and win bike races, then it's very easy to look after somebody like that. And yeah, just a really focused and driven personality. And I think if you see that, the same with Jordan, I see that a little bit in Jordan, the same kind of, you know, he just wants to be on his bike racing it and everything else, you know, can line up behind it and wait. You know, So yeah, just... That's something that I look for, and and also there's there's people that just love riding their bikes. Like Manon, I think she just loved to ride her bike, and I think that's a really important pure thing as well that that sometimes gets forgotten and it gets puts a little bit secondary when the racing and the results comes into it with a racing team. But you, they all need to love riding their bikes, you know, and uh, you, you you get that vibe off people as well. I'm sure even even mates who you go out trail riding with, there's those guys that. They make everybody happy, even if it's you know the weather's bad and the bike break, bikes break and the, you know the cafe shut when you get back. It doesn't matter. There's that one guy isn't there in the group, and they just keep everybody buzzing because you're out riding your bikes. What you know? What's the worst that can happen? You know. So yeah, yeah just to have that combination of people around with the experience, the love to want to just get on and do it, and just what you know. I you know let's let's big ourselves up a little bit here. Just what we've put together as, as that Madison have put together from 
Andy and Jack in the first year running that team, you know, single-handedly going going around everything and, the t- you know, everybody back at Madison getting behind that to now, you know, it feels like it's Madison's team. It's, you know, I go to a race and I represent Madison. Sometimes, you know, people will say your team and I think, no, no, it's, you know, it's Madison's team. It's, there's a lot of people involved in making this as successful as it has been. And I think, you know, we, we, you know, we've, we've learned from that as we've gone. It's been, it'll be 10 years this year that I've been doing this now nearly. So, um, yeah, you, you learn a lot through that time. I, I look back at some of the early things I did and the way I went about things and I'll cringe, but you know, you, you grow from it and you learn and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really blossomed into something that I think we can all be pretty proud of now. Yeah. And there's a lot of small details, isn't there, that aren't obvious to the outside that requires a lot of, a lot of support from a lot of people, I guess, to make sure everything's in place to, for riders to go and get that win on the day to make their lives easy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and equally when you're a rider, you know, having been a, a rider for as long as I was as well, yeah, as a rider, the more support you get, some riders can feel that pressure more, you know, that there's, there's less places to go for excuses. It's, if you've got a team manager who's pretty, pretty fastidious about making sure absolutely everything you need is there, then you're running out, you know, you get put in a corner a little bit, you, you're there to perform. But I, I also know as a rider that the, only the rider is, you know, they put enough pressure on themselves. So all you need to do is be there to make sure they have what they need to go out and perform. And, you know, the, the best riders and the riders I think that we choose are the ones that, you know, really rise to that. And, uh, and like Matt has and like Danny did and, and like Manon did. And uh, and hopefully the same way that Jordan and Veronica will, will just see that that support's there coming from the right place, you know, just a, a love of bikes and, and wanting to see those guys do well. So Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, so twelve years on, I think since you guys took on the Saracen name, how how do you feel that you're doing in in kind of elevating Saracen to to where it deserves to be on a, on a world stage? Oh, I give that one to Andy. I think is that, is that my question? Is it? Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, I think uh, I, th- I think to be honest with you, Chris, like twenty twenty one has sort of been a really big step forward already for us in terms of like the brand and the product um and that's been a, a you know a, a proper team effort from from everybody within Madison of basically you know get, getting that product here and delivering it to the customers um even selling out of a lot of the product already, which is just mind blowing in comparison to to maybe where we had been you know in the previous years um and I think it's uh I think it's kind of maybe the product's becoming slightly more refined. You know, we're all um, all here and we want to improve the product constantly. So when we do bring out something new, it's something that we want to ensure that everybody's on board with. You know, it's uh, and there's a reason for it. Um, and I think in terms of where we are worldwide, you know, our focus still very much as a brand is is you know, really the UK market and, and kind of very local at this moment in time. Um, but obviously, you know, the, the bigger picture is the rest of the world. And I think from certainly from the brand side of things, you know, that really does allow uh, or Madison Saracen allows the overall worldwide um, stage to be there. And, and it's such a great marketing platform. Um, and hopefully, you know, we can we can kind of continue that push forward and and making the brand better you know every day um in terms of the race team i think you know i think will's already explained a, a, an absolute great description of kind of what we've always wanted to achieve with it and i think everybody within madison is is the same or feels the same about that um I don't know of sort of many other companies. I guess everybody kind of gets behind it, and it really is like a, a proper team effort. Um, you know, the race team is fairly small as its own uh, entity, and and as per Saracen as a brand, I suppose. You know, the people involved within the brand is is quite a small entity, but the the overall company and and everybody involved um, really does make what we do happen, which is I think you know awesome to be to be involved with. So. Nice. And what's next for Saracen then? Oh, uh, lots, I guess. Um, obviously, the you know, as I say, we just launched 2021, um, which has been 
awesome, but I would say it definitely is kind of only scratch the surface really of what we want to achieve. You know, we're we're sort of three to five years ahead really of what we're working on to to the current market. And I think that's um, you know, we we've certainly got some great feelings and and some great product coming. Um as I briefly mentioned, probably new markets, you know, get getting getting the brand out there rather than just uh just kind of focusing on what we know. Um it would be really great to to get um get sales all over the world as opposed to sort of in you know a handful of countries. Um obviously say no new product coming and um I guess hopefully a, an elite you know world champion would be uh would be the the full kind of bingo list I think. I think we'll all be uh, as much as last year we were jumping at the telly and, and screaming from from a, a brand perspective for, for Will and obviously Matt last year you know I think we'll we'll certainly be doing the same again this year and and if not you know probably breaking uh breaking all of the uh the windows in the house as we scream louder and louder and you know get get sort of more g'd up about the whole thing so nice yeah, yeah Val de Sol is going to be an interesting world champs it's uh never a track that people can hold back on as it will no it's um there's quite a few riders will go there and say you, you don't go to Val de Sol to ride for fun <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty serious yeah if if you tip in at the top of there for a race run it's it's a lot of commitment involved in a track like that and a lot of fitness and a, a lot of focus it is um it is a very worthy world champion at, at Valdesol. so if we uh if we get any riders on a podium there i'll be a very proud man at the uh, tea time yeah for sure awesome good stuff well if people want to find out more about uh about the brand where's the best place for them to head uh i, I guess yeah, firstly would just be saracen.co.uk so that's you know the main website um and obviously you can you can buy the bikes directly off there uh and then i think it's saracen bikes on instagram and facebook and you know twitter etc and then it's madison saracen for all team um related items cool nice one. we'll stick some links in the show notes so people that can uh, people can find that stuff nice and easily but yeah it's been it's been interesting chatting finding out a bit more about what's going on over the years and hearing a little bit about some of the recent stuff that's been going on with the team as well and uh, yeah i wish you all the best of luck for 2021 let's hope we get racing soon and as per the plans and yeah i hope it goes well for the new the new team set up and looking forward to seeing how you'll get on thank you very much yeah looking yeah. forward to it yeah all right that's it for this episode with will and andy i really hope you've enjoyed listening a big thanks to saracen for supporting this episode also a big thank you to freewheel.co.uk if you want the convenience of shopping online but still want to support your local bike shops then freewheel is the place to do it you can get 15 percent off your first order by heading to freewheel.co.uk now and signing up to their mailing list this is a UK only thing, I'm afraid, so apologies to my listeners elsewhere in the world. Finally, a massive thanks to We Are One Composites. If you're looking for top quality carbon wheels, then We Are One is the place to go. As a downtime listener, you can get 15% off rim only products until the end of April using the code WESUPPLY2021 at the checkout over on WeAreOneComposites.com. That's WESUPPLY, all one word, all lowercase, followed by the number 2021. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. If you want to represent the show, then you can get your hands on our brand new spring summer 2021 merch by heading over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop with all the proceeds going to help improve the show. All right, you know what to do. Please keep on spreading the word about the podcast. Tell your rider mates, share the episodes on your social media. It all makes a massive difference and it helps me to keep this thing going. Also, if you've got a couple of minutes, then a review on iTunes is really helpful too. All right, we've got another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until then, get out and ride. <laughs>